This is episode 74 of the Dear Discreet Guide Trouble at Work podcast. This episode is titled, IT Screw-Ups. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dear Discreet Guide Trouble at Work, where we talk about work, working, and how to make work better. If it's work-related, we're on it. Who knew talking about work would be this much fun? I'm Jennifer Crittenden, a former CFO and host of the show. And thank you for joining our quest to improve our workplaces. Let's do this. Here's another episode about screw-ups at work. I find these stories uh, really fascinating and often hilarious after the fact, of course, Uh, but also because we learn so much about the details of people's jobs through these stories, which I find very fascinating. And since this episode focuses on IT screw-ups at work, uh, we can learn again that uh, humans make mistakes, but it takes a computer to really screw up. I'll start with one all of us can understand, although some of these that come later will be pretty technical. So this guy had two uh, sessions open on his computer. One of them was for his personal server at home and the other one for the work server. And as you can imagine, he intended to reboot his personal server and instead he rebooted the work server. And they were a web hosting company, of course, so brought everybody down. It's interesting to me that, you know, we do things with our home computers like that, right? Some casual operation that we really wouldn't do with a work computer. And it's kind of interesting to compare those two things and and all of the safeguards that really should be in place to keep you from doing something like that to a work computer when the ramifications are so high. So as always, there's often interesting things to be learned from mistakes like this and also what we can put in place as safeguards or uh, training. Here's another one. This one comes from uh, Andrew, and he says he worked for a large IT department in a big company, and all their Unix servers were accessed via console server. And he went in to run a command, and when he was in there connected to the console, he said, well, you know, everybody has rebooted the console server by accident because they're running a command again from a wrong session. He said it's kind of a rite of passage to hear, hey, is anybody else having a problem with the console server? And then to realize that you're the one who took it down this time. And somebody else said, you know, this is why I use different terminal colors for my different sessions, um, just to as a reminder to myself which session I'm in, which I thought was kind of an interesting uh, solution and hint to yourself to keep yourself from making such a mistake. This one, this guy worked in internal technical support for a national bank in Canada. And he said that one of the issues that they often had to deal with was the connection between a teller's terminal and the main computer. And when they that would happen, the teller would call up and they'd look it up in their system and figure out which branch it was, and they'd see a whole bunch of nodes, you know, like on a tree that represented the various terminals, and then they'd uh, hit a few buttons to reset it. And every once in a while, the problem would be more than just with one terminal. 
And so then they'd ask the, all the tellers to log out. And instead of going down to each node, like to each terminal, they'd go back up a level so that that was the whole entire branch. And then they'd reset the whole branch. And the important thing to do when they did that was just to confirm that that was what you wanted to do. And so one day he got one of those calls and he was trying to figure out, was it just the node, you know, the individual teller, or was it the whole branch? And so when he went back in after she'd gotten some information, uh, he got distracted, right, and then went back. And instead of cutting down the whole branch, he went one level up. He'd gone one level up too far, and so he selected the session for the entire country of Canada, and he reset it. I'm going to have him tell the story. The tech support center was one open room with some low dividing cubicle walls. There were around 10 people working in there on any shift, one of them being my manager. Across one wall, we had about two dozen PCs that monitored a bunch of communication lines and other critical systems. All they did was to scroll log entries across their screen. Every so often, one of the logs would generate an error and that PC would send out a polite little beep. Someone had then to walk over to the PC, check the error, and they'd write it down in a log book and what action they had taken. He said 90% of those errors were nothing and there might be four to five per shift. Those computers were the first thing I looked at when I realized what I'd done. I know it's cliche, but honestly, for a few seconds, there was nothing at all, just this very long silence. And then those PCs, the ones that were supposed to give out a little beep when something goes wrong, started to scream. Two dozen PC speakers acting like they'd just been shorted out, red text flying across every one of those terminals. My manager shot out of her desk, looked at them, and then just stared at them in shock. Then the phone started to ring. The room filled with this high-pitched whine of two dozen PC speakers going off was joined by every phone in the room ringing at once. For some reason, at this point, I remember the woman that I had on the phone asking if she could tell everyone to restart their session. He must have just been in shock. He says, for some reason, I told her she could. Then she thanked me and hung up. And then... I have no idea why. I just started answering calls. I was in complete shock. I think I answered three to four calls and told people I had no idea what was wrong. At some point, I overheard my manager talking to someone who was obviously very, very important and saying that she had no idea what was going on and worse, had no idea what to do. It was then that I finally got up, walked over to her desk and stammered out, uh, I think I know what's going on. It ended up taking several hours to get the system back online and stable. There was an internal investigation over the next few weeks, and I had to answer a lot of questions with my bosses, 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 boss in the room. I often overheard dollar amounts being thrown around, which were more than I'd made during my entire time at the company. In the end, somehow I kept my job. They decided it was just a mistake on my part, and the real fault was that the system had allowed me to reset the communications lines for the entire bank for all of Canada. And then his too long did not read is, if around 15 years ago for about three hours you weren't able to use a bank machine, pay for something with a debit card, or even get anything done at your branch bank in Canada, well, that would be my fault. Sorry.
It's interesting to me that the management at this place did recognize that it was far too easy for him to have done that, right? That there should have been, again, some level of safeguard. So good on them for for being aware of that and not punishing this poor guy for, for that kind of mistake. It reminded me of my own IT screw-up. I was working for a fairly large healthcare company, and I was at the annual conference for the sales and marketing people. And finance didn't always go to those conferences. I don't know why I was there, if I was on special assignment or something. Um, and this was quite a long time ago, so you know systems have certainly changed. But I came into the conference area early in the morning and was told, or you know, the stories were going around that the daily sales report wasn't out. And I didn't realize how much these guys depended on that. So it was actually quite a big deal that they didn't have the daily sales report that day. You know, nobody seemed to know why, right? The calls are going everywhere. What's going on? And all this CEO wants the daily sales report. What's happening? And so people were trying to conduct this conference. At the same time, a lot of people were distracted by the fact that we had this problem, right? This internal problem that we couldn't generate this report. And that went on all day. And the next day, same thing, right? And now people are freaking out. To go two days without their daily sales report was just inconceivable. And everyone's involved, all top management's involved, and so on and so forth. News started trickling out about what had happened. And (laughs) no surprise, it was human error. And get this, So what it was is that the IT department had decided that it was time to test their uh, ability to restore from backup. (laughs) I can feel all of you uh, shaking your heads at this point. And yeah, sure enough, so they actually did this to themselves, right? Everything was working fine until they decided, okay, let's take the system down and then let's practice to restore it from the backup. And they had intended to do this, if I recall correctly, kind of in a sandbox area. But instead, you know how that goes, they actually took down the real-life production system and then were unable to restore it. It was a huge screw-up, and they went several days without being able to generate those sales reports. I think at one point, people started calling around to the different divisions to collect their numbers so that we could add them up on a piece of paper, I guess. Anyway, it was a very interesting lesson uh, for me to learn fairly early in my career about the kinds of things that can happen in IT screw-ups and how human error can really uh, cause a lot of problems. And here's kind of a funny one. You know, this is less technical, but you know how there are a lot of people who do a reply all. Uh, So this one person says that their weekly lunches at the place that they work where everybody will order what they want to eat. And the office manager will send out a menu on Monday or Tuesday to everyone in the office, about 30 people. And every once in a while, somebody will do a reply all. And then then all the others will pile on to respond, to compliment them on their good sandwich choice or their good lunch choice. So I love that because people at work often do use humor as a way to bond and tease. And I just find it so heartwarming that uh, that people would kid around like that after somebody makes a you know a mistake and a very minor mistake, but uh, use that as an opportunity just to have a chuckle to everybody together. 
Oh, and here's another one that's like that. So at his last job, uh, this person says they'd uh, get on a guest list for various events, and an email would go out advising the uh, recipients to uh, respond if they wanted to put their name down for an event that was coming up. And he said one of his co-workers accidentally did a reply all, and with a response that was something like, can you put me and my two friends on the list? And so then ever since they call him, you know, whatever his name is, so-and-so and his two friends. And so uh, if he shows up anywhere by himself, then people will kid him, you know, well, where are your two friends? <laughs> <laughs> he says if they need to rustle up some people for a project, then people will say something like, you know, well, so-and-so has two friends. <laughs> this person says uh, that he says uh, that he writes software, so usually things don't get screwed up royally. Usually. I thought that was kind of funny because my experience, things can get very screwed up in IT. Okay, so he says his uh, best story was he was writing C on a UPS, uh, coming from a different kind of environment. He was used to treating it a little bit differently. Well, anyway, I'll leave out some of the technical details here. But uh, he says that because of the way the emulator worked, he was actually writing to random parts of the memory, and he managed to corrupt somebody else's code, and the UPS literally blew up. The code caused the capacitators to keep charging even after they'd reached their limit until kaboom. He says, fortunately, it was only a small explosion compared to some of my, some of my colleagues had made, but it was the biggest explosion I ever made by accident. And then he had another one here. He was working on an industrial scales that were in development. So he was writing code on experimental hardware. He said he was the first person to test out a new port and he accidentally sent 12 volts of power through a 5-volt bus, and the printed circuit board started smoking and caught fire. He says, arguably not my fault, but at the same time, I had a habit of running tests and then running off and doing things. And so instead of one board catching fire, several other boards melted as well. And a commenter said, embedded systems programming is so much more fun because F-ups like that have real-world consequences like explosions. Here's another one. This person said that he interned for his city's IT department. He said it wasn't a huge city, but it was a college town, so, you know, not, not tiny. He said one day he had to do some work on several computers, so he went to hook up a cheap Netgear switch so they could all get on the network. And he says, for any networking guys, turns out they had disabled spanning tree on all the core access switches. So he says, as soon as he plugged the switch in, it created a routing loop that brought down the entire city network. In about 30 seconds, I had kicked all users off the network, including the mayor and all department heads, disabled the city's 911 control center, forced all police mobile units off the VPN so they couldn't get 911 calls, get directions, run plates, write tickets, or do anything, disabled all our IP phones, and interrupted a couple server jobs. He said, luckily, this had happened once or twice in the past, so I didn't get fired. But needless to say, they finally turned on spanning tree after that. I have no idea what that means. But several of the commenters, one said, again, I'm struggling to imagine a network architect allowing this kind of awful production network. 
So must have been something fairly unusual. And somebody else said, I wouldn't even expect you to get yelled at for that. You know, that was ridiculous to that to have that what he calls a TSP turned off. And this one, he says, when I first started at my job, I was given a task of sending out an email to all of our customers. Being a novice PHP programmer at the time, I decided I could just write a script rather than using a giant BCC or something similar. Unfortunately, while looping through the emails to create the headers, I accidentally used period equal sign rather than equal sign period. And then he says, yep, you guessed it. Well, I never would have. I have no idea what that means. But he says, the first guy on the list got 1,000 emails. The next guy got 999, so on and so forth. He says, my boss literally yelled the F word on the sales floor. Oh, dear. Sometimes those shortcuts don't really turn out to be shortcuts, right? All right, here's another one. I was helping my boss move the small visual effects firm I worked for across town. Mostly involved, this involved loading the render engines onto flats and then onto a moving truck. But the main 10 terabyte RAID server with all our working files on it was entrusted to me personally to drive over there. He says, I get to our new office and load it onto a mail cart type of push cart on the top shelf. There's a bump on the ground before you enter the main door, and because the cart is loaded down with the server and some PCs, I can't push it over. And then just picture this in your mind. So he says, I go in front and try and lift the wheel over so I can pull it over. The server topples out the back and falls about four feet to land face plate first onto the concrete. It completely mangles the rack handles and scratches the SHIT out of the thing. I spend the next two or three hours freaking out while we build the network to the point that we can even plug the thing in. And, he says, it rebuilds just fine. None of the heads crashed or discs got damaged at all. He said, I think it was the handles that actually saved him. He says, as far as I know, that raid is still in the rack mount, looking fugly as hell and chugging along. One of the commenters says, I put my hand over my mouth and gasped when I read that. That server fell in slow motion, didn't it? And the original poster said, it was like a dream when you see something terrible happening, when your arms and legs won't respond. I think my only response as it happened was a muffled... He said, that was a long day. This person said, I inadvertently assumed the sysadmin before me redundantly configured all production uh, NICs, which are network interface cards, I guess. I unplugged the production SQL server from the network for 30 seconds. And so, dot, dot, dot. And one person says, I have no idea what you just said, but that sounds bad. And another person said, as someone who understands what you do mean, I hope you didn't get fired. And so the original poster says, well, I parlayed the situation into a purchase order to buy two more NICs and set up bonding and a huge server setup review process. He says, I found so many other issues like that. And somebody else said, you know, hopefully also change control and maintenance windows so people don't go around unplugging network connections to production systems during business hours. He says, seriously, why did you do that? He's curious. And the original poster comes back. It's really interesting to see the what this experience did for him. He said a couple of reasons. Primarily, I was very green at the time. 
I said I was probably only 23 or 24, and I had found myself responsible for a very large system. Very interesting, right, that that can happen in our workplaces. He says, secondly, I'd built several SQL servers for the company. On every one of the systems I'd put in, I'd used Broadcom teaming software to bond a few NICs. Finally, I was under the direction of my supervisor, not a sysadmin, a network engineer, and it was about that time I realized that it was probably best that he sticks with network stuff. Anyway, his too long did not read was, I was dumb at the time. The questioner comes back and says, we were all there at some point, I understand. And yes, your network engineer boss shoulders a good bit of the blame. I can see him looking at you with the cat five in your hand like, where did you pull that out from? Put it back. (laughs) This was also interesting. Uh, This person said, we had a guy who was actually a very good tech totally space out and test the redundant power supplies on a server by unplugging them both. We all looked at him like he just grew two heads. So this, you know, this is like my story about my healthcare company. Sometimes, you know, you're distracted, you lose focus. I mean, this is what human error looks like, right? Somebody who normally wouldn't do anything that dumb, or maybe they do it because they're inexperienced. But even experienced people make mistakes, right? The original poster came back and said, you're absolutely right. When you're new to a job with a lot of responsibility, it's pretty much a certainty that you will make some mistakes. That's how we learn. Unfortunately, now I have an extreme mistrust of other sysadmins. Again, this is about four to five years ago. I have changed significantly. But isn't that also interesting, right, that when you yourself, with all your well intentions and, and all of what you have, you know, your, your smarts and your education, if you too can make a mistake, it makes you aware that other people can too. This person says he used to work for an e-commerce shop that ran off a custom-built site. Every single dollar of income came from their site. So if it was down for any period of time, it was a huge deal. So he was working on what he thought was the dev database, and he needed to clear out existing buttons, which he says also coincidentally is the same table housing existing shopping carts, right? He said, once I hit the button to clear out the table, I realized I had accidentally done this on their production database, which immediately caused the site to crash, as well as a ton of people asking what happened. So he had to turn the site off to get the data from a backup. Their most recent backup was 45 days. Again, you know, right? Ah, we have to learn these things the hard way. So he restored the thing from the 45-day-old backup and was trying to get the intermediary information back in. Anyway, it was they had to favor their manufacturer's price cuts, all kinds of things. All coupons and price changes were all loose. He said, all told, it was the mouse click worth about $12,000. On top of this, for every hour that they were down, you know, they, they lost money. So in summary, it looks like he's saying we probably lost twenty dollars or $30,000 that day. He said, I was almost sure I would be fired. And he said, well, you made a mistake. We all make mistakes. Let's try and not make them anymore. Which I thought was really cool. And then here's a last uh, interesting story that says, uh, this guy says he worked in an IT department. And if you screwed up, you became the proud owner of the bag of shame. 
It was a large brown bag signed by all the previous owners, and it sat on your desk until you passed it on to the next unfortunate recipient. Over the years, practically everyone in the department had it on their desk at one time or another. A bit funny, but also a constant reminder in the department not to screw up and get the bag. So what a great way to celebrate the fact that we all make mistakes, uh, but also a way of, you know, kind of uh, letting people know that there are consequences to that and you, you want to avoid screwing up as much as possible. But what a nice touch. So we'll end on that kind story. That's it, everybody. You've made it through another episode of Dear Discreet Guide, Trouble at Work. In keeping with the new year, we'll be changing our format somewhat as the show has evolved. We'll continue to address work-related problems, but in our second year, we'll be going beyond just an advice show to talk about work trends, labor laws, economics, interesting companies, as well as pranks, bad bosses, and more screw-ups at work. If you have a question about a work-related issue or a comment about the show, please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us through the website discreetguide.com. That's D-I-S-C-R-E-E-T. And at that website, you can also sign up for The Pergola, a digital publication that comes out every other month, and get information about training programs, books, consulting sessions, articles, jokes, and resources, all for us to work better together. Thank you for joining my quest to improve our workplaces. And thanks for listening. New shows will be available every Tuesday and sometimes Friday. Tune in so you can hear more about trouble at work.